This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Let's take a second to thank today's sponsor, Anchor. Anchor is by far the absolute easiest way to make a podcast. And when I say easy, I mean easy. First of all, it's completely free and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Best of all, with Anchor, you can add any songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. So the possibilities are endless on what you can create. Whether you want to create a music analysis, your own radio show, a deep dive on your favorite genre or artist, or something that the world's never heard before. Anchor will even help publish your show to Spotify so you can reach hundreds of millions of listeners. Oh, did I mention there's no copyright on the songs? Yeah, it's that easy. You guys want to start a podcast that includes music, or you guys just want to start a podcast in general, get started by downloading the free Anchor app or going to anchor.fm. And if you need some inspiration, you can head over to blog.anchor.fm slash music from some more idea starters. Thank you so much, and let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Real Real Podcast with Natalie Barbu. Instagram might be your highlight reel, but we're here to talk about the real real. Hi everyone and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing Sarah Wang. Sarah Wang is actually a subscriber of mine and I found her through literally just her DMing me. So shout out to Sarah for taking initiative. I think it's so important to reach out to people, not just sit around and like want to do something, but actually reaching out and making that first introduction. So just wanted to shout that out. Um, But anyways, we met on a Zoom call. I did a Zoom call with my subscribers. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, I do YouTube. I do not just do this podcast. And uh, I did a little Zoom call with my subscribers and it was a lot of fun and she was one of them. Um, We also did have a consultation together. So I just, I feel like I know her well after the Zoom call, consultation, the podcast, and she is such an amazing human being. Sarah is a full-time Microsoft manufacturing engineer where she works for their cloud technology. But beyond that, she's created multiple products while she was in college and even raised money from investors. We talk all about the job hunt, how to get what you want, how to create a product, speaking to investors even when you're incredibly young, and why networking is so important. Sarah actually does offer consulting services for resume building and career services, so I definitely recommend checking them out, but don't take my word for it. Listen to this podcast and then decide for yourself. She is so insanely smart. I am so happy to be able to pick her brain on the podcast. And I know during this time, a lot of you guys are looking for a job and trying to find a job and it's a very very difficult market right now so sarah does share her tips on how to find a job even during this climate uh, of covid19 and this pandemic if you guys are one of those people that are struggling um make sure to say it in the facebook page i think it's a really great support system but also if you guys do need the extra help i would recommend uh hiring sarah because i do think she has a wealth of knowledge especially in the corporate world Uh, a lot of knowledge that i don't have in the corporate world so i think that with that um she's like so useful so I'm really, really glad to have her on this podcast. Um, anyways, I know that you guys will enjoy this podcast. I did want to shout out the reviewer of the week. So this reviewer comes from Lane. She said, he or she said, I love this podcast. Natalie asks such great questions and I always walk away with more inspiration, encouragement, or little tidbits that I'd want to try and implement into my own life. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to whenever I want to be productive because it always motivates and inspires me. I found Natalie via her NYC content, but I stuck around for all the other great things she offers. She's kind, warm, and forever encouraging. Thanks for the great podcast and overall fabulous content. Thank you so much because 
I love having people that come from YouTube that transition to the podcast world because I do know it is hard to kind of get your audience on multiple platforms but also I just love that this is what you listen to when you're looking for productivity or motivation this episode is for sure going to give you some of that so I'm really excited for it um but that just makes me really happy that you guys like my episodes and that they encourage you and motivate you because that's definitely what I want to do and that's the whole goal of my podcast anyways I don't want to keep rambling. I think Sarah has way too much to offer for me to keep talking. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode and let's get into it. You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier, healthier, and more vibrant than before. If you guys have seen my blowouts on my Instagram or my TikTok, you know that I have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny. Getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy. And here's the best part, in a consumer perception study, over 85% of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier, healthier, and smoother with Waze hair gloss give your hair a glow up with way go to t-h-e-o-u-a-i and use promo code real real for 15 percent off any product that's t-h-e-o-u-a-i dot com promo code real real hi sarah thank you so much for joining me on my podcast hi natalie thank you for having me i i'm an absolute big fan of your podcast i was so excited to be on it Oh my gosh, thank you. I'm excited to have you on. So we are always going to start off with setting the record straight. So this is just where I say some assumptions or stereotypes, and then you're going to tell me if they're true or false based on your own experiences. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. So the first one is engineering is still a man's field. Yeah, I would say false. I mean, statistically speaking, I think there's more guys than there are girls in my experiences, in my classes, in my work office. But I remember being in college and looking down at the younger classes and seeing a lot more females. So that's a great sign. And how I like to think of it is the door analogy. So if you think about doors in every building, the door handle is placed at a certain height. And this meets like the average height. So for those people that are outliers, so like shorter people, taller people, you know, this door is not designed for them to use very easily. So since engineering is like a male-dominated field traditionally, the field just isn't designed for females yet, but that means there's room for innovation. So for example, like the back to the door analogy, a short-term fix would be to put a stool next to every door so that, you know, the people on the shorter end of the spectrum can, you know, hop on the stool, use a door um, at the, you know, right height. And so back to women in engineering, I think a short-term fix is these women support groups, you know, support groups where people can talk about the obstacles they face and, 
get support from each other. And also a long-term fix for the door would be making the doors automatic or putting a sensor so that, I don't know, the handle automatically adjusts to the proper height of the person approaching it. So for women in engineering, I think this is coming in allyship, which is basically people who are outside of these minority groups also advocating and having a role in the movement for creating a more inclusive environment for everybody. Because I think too often people outside of these these minority groups think it's not their place to speak. And so I think right. it's the responsibility of both people outside the minority groups to seek the education and getting knowledgeable about these inequalities and people in these minority groups offering resources and sharing information with these people so that they have a role in the movement as well. Wow, I really loved that analogy because I think it actually is so true how it wasn't designed to be a women's field, you know, like it was designed by men for men. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things that I love that it's changing, but like you were saying, there's so much room for innovation and it's not just those short-term fixes. Like we need people advocating for more women in STEM. Yes, exactly. And that comes with having more women in STEM. So I think I'm very positive exactly. for the future. Yeah. And then the next one is you can't pitch to investors unless you have more experience or unless you have a lot of experience, I should say. Mm -hmm. I would say false because everyone has a first investor pitch. But I also think that you don't need experience, but you can definitely prepare on the back end. And I remember for my first investor pitch, I prepared on the back end a lot. And this is a great thing called the internet and it has immense amount of free resources. So you should touch up on your presentation skills, your speaking skills and your storytelling skills. So my three biggest tips that I've had to learn um, before going into my pitches to investors is one, to avoid upspeak. So that's when your tone goes up at the end of a sentence. So I used to introduce myself by saying, hi, my name is Sarah. And you notice how like my tone goes up at the end. But if you lower your tone instead and you say, hi, my name is Sarah, you sound a lot more confident and a lot more knowledgeable. My second is to take note of your facial expressions. So if you're telling a happy story and you're smiling, you're going to be able to hear it in your voice. And if you're telling a sad story and it's tragic, it's angry, and you frown, you're going to be able to hear that in your voice as well. And my third tip is to really watch the speed that you're talking at. So if you're talking about something really exciting, you're going to want to pick up the pace and pick up the volume. And if you're talking about something really important, you're going to want to leave room to pause. And those are like my biggest tips that I've learned about speaking, which is funny because I think it's almost like putting on a show. So there's a lot of preparation that can go on in the back end, but you definitely don't need experience to pitch for your first time. That's actually such good tips because I never really hear people talk about that. You mainly hear people talk about the content that you're pitching or how to create a presentation, but your voice does say so much and I always get comments that I have that like up speak or whatever. I forgot what else it's called. What's it called? A vocal fry. Mm-hmm. I think people are yeah. always commenting on my voice and I'm like, it's just my voice. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry if you don't like it, but that is true. It, it is. It makes you more cognizant about what how you're saying it and how it is perceived to others so yeah very true now i'm gonna be more i'm gonna be editing this podcast and be like why did i have that why did i talk like that (laughs) That, that's honestly the one that was hardest for me to change i do a lot of up speak as well and i remember i had someone my partner who was in this with me listen to me speak and just have him like clap every time i did it and i just couldn't move past like one sentence for the longest time wow wow that's like really great tips Um, And then the next one is you seem to get lost working in a large corporation. 
Yeah, you know, it's good we're filming this podcast episode now because I think if you asked me this a few months ago, I would have said true. And now I'm going to say false. And I think it's because, so I started my first full-time job this past year. I graduated college last year in May of 2019 to put a little context to it. And now I think back to this analogy that my professor told us, which was basically that Superman would honestly be a lot more useful if he used his super strength and super speed to turn a wind turbine and produce free renewable energy for everybody rather than saving individual lives. And a lot of the time, that's what work feels like. So I'm a hardware manufacturing engineer at Microsoft. I work on the servers for the cloud technology. And there's never a time where I walk down the street and someone goes, hey, you. You made it possible for, you know, having these computing servers make breaking edge research possible in my lab. That doesn't happen to me because no one knows my name is behind it. So you feel this like lack of impact and that can Mm -hmm. cause you to feel lost working in a large corporation. It can feel like, you know, if you left, nothing would change. No one would be impacted. So how I found my place working in a large corporation is focusing also on I guess extracurriculars, if that's the right word. So I'm working on something called the community building team with my friend and coworker, which is basically we're hosting events to celebrate cultural celebrations, cultural holidays, and it, re- it received higher visibility by higher management. And now it's becoming like a organization wide goal that we have one of these events per month. And I'm hosting another lunch called Hustles and Hobbies, which people get together to talk about their side projects, side venues, Um, side ventures and hobbies that they're working on and learning and we get together we teach each other stuff and this is one of my favorite communities in the community that is my workspace and also working on internal processes so making things easier for your coworkers, um, for business processes for the future you feel a lot stronger impact in those projects because I have people from other teams coming to me being like oh my gosh thank god you improved this process it was terrible before yeah So I guess that's a way to find your place in a large corporation when I think getting in touch with the bigger picture of what your job is, which is my job is helping to design and manufacture servers, that's going to take a lot more time. So for the immediate short term, focusing on these extracurriculars and processes internal to the company has helped me find a place working in a large corporation. I just wanted to take a quick break to thank TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds for sponsoring today's episode. Are you having trouble sleeping, focusing, or relaxing? If the answer is yes, then TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast has got you covered. This hour-long podcast is made to help you get rid of distractions, reduce stress, relax, and get better sleep. You can listen to the sounds of nature, white noise, relaxing music, and so much more. You can check out the TM Soft's White Noise Sleep Sounds podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts. That's actually really good that you, in the beginning, how you were saying how you did feel lost or you would feel lost in the beginning, but I think you have to kind of find your groove and then you also can start like initiating things like starting groups and starting lunches and all of those things that make an impact to the people that you're working with. And yeah, at a large corporation, it might be hard to make an impact to the whole thing. Like maybe Bill Gates at Microsoft doesn't know your name, you know, but it's not, that's like not the point. It's still that you're making a difference and without like your team, things wouldn't be possible. Yes, very true. I agree with that. And I know you kind of touched on this, but tell us a little bit more about yourself. So your background, why you, um, just who you are, where you went to school. Yeah, um, my name is Sarah Wang. I am 22 years old. 
I live in Seattle, Washington, and I am a full-time hardware manufacturing engineer at Microsoft. And I work on Microsoft's cloud technology. So I work on designing and making the designs manufacturable for all the hardware that makes up Microsoft's cloud services. So that means I graduated college last year. I majored in mechanical engineering and I minored in computer science and entrepreneurship. I went to the University of Michigan, so go blue to anyone who's from there that's listening to this podcast. And on the side, I like to make YouTube videos. I have a blog. I'm working on this camera that my friends and I are inventing called the Lulu camera, which in short, it's kind of like a Polaroid camera, but it uses receipt paper as film and it doesn't require any ink, just heat. So it's kind of an environmentally friendly way for photography because I love photography, but film photography is tragically expensive. And yeah. also <laughs> turns out Polaroid film is not vegan, which is something I didn't know before developing really? this camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What animal product is in it? I think there is, what's it called? I don't want to call it the wrong thing, but some sort of element, the pig fat that's in, or something that's in gel- gel- gelatin. Oh, I think it's something with horses. Yes, yes, something like that. I forgot the name of it. But um, yeah, let me look it up real quick. Interesting. I did not. I wonder if vegans know that. Yeah, I know, right? Because I was kind of vegan um, and I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely not something you think that an animal product is in. Yeah. Oh, gelatin. Yes, that's what it contains. Film contains gelatin. Um, so Polaroid is, or all film? On, so on PETA's website, it says, we do not know of any film not made of gelatin. Oh my gosh. But, so all of vegan yeah. film photographers might not know that. Mm-hmm. But I think Kodak and Fuji have, they're working on researching non-animal alternatives is what the website is saying. Wow. That's yeah. so interesting. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like a motive behind the Lulu camera. Um, but yeah, also on the side, I like to work on graphic design and helping small local businesses brand themselves. This is a very casual hobby. Like I definitely, I don't even have a website for it. I kind of just do it for fun when I find local businesses nearby because it's something I like to do. Uh, So I guess in short, I'm an engineer and I like to make videos and invent products and help small businesses brand for my creative outlets. And my mission- You're very (laughs) well-rounded. Thank you. But yeah, I think it's important to have a life mission. I think that's what drives all these different activities because they all connect together with my mission, which is to share, to inspire, and empower. Um, so I think it's important for everyone to have a life mission, just how, just like how every company has a mission statement, because it really aligns you with your path, passion, and purpose. That's so true. I mean, even with me, like with creating YouTube videos, with creating my starting to create an agency, with any business that I go into, I'm always like, okay how does this relate to like the end goal or what I want to accomplish? And it's always about helping other people, you know, like, and it's not necessarily helping people like doctors help people, but it's just helping people understand the way marketing works, the way to get connect to an audience, the way to create authentic relationships through the internet, you know, like all of those things is um, Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm very passionate about. And I feel like with what I'm doing, it really does align with that. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's a great mindset to have to really be focused on the value that you're bringing. Right. And then when you were younger, what was your dream job? So you have so many different interests. So let's say when you were like seven years old, what did you tell your parents that you wanted to be? Yeah, that's funny. Um, Honestly, I don't remember. But if I were to look back, I wanted to be I just wanted to try it all sorts of different things like even from I remember my brother and I would play this game where I'd literally just stand in the streets and pretend to be a traffic light 
And, but I think if I look more broadly, I would say teacher because I remember gathering all the neighborhood younger kids and hosting lessons and teaching them things. And I remember making up math because I found my mom's old algebra book and I saw letters in it like X, Y, Z variables. And I thought you could add the alphabet together. So I made the whole neighborhood memorize like A plus B is C, A plus C, you go backwards back to B and I give them tests and quizzes. Um, and I think I liked it because I saw how empowered everyone felt when they learned it, even though it was made up math. Um, so that I think so funny. Yeah. Being a teacher and sharing information is what I wanted to do. Um, but yeah, definitely made up some math in the past. That's so funny. And why did you then decide to go into mechanical engineering? When did you make that decision? Yeah, that's a great question. So I went into college in the engineering school. So you don't have an engineering major decided yet, but you know you're going to do engineering. And just like every second generation Chinese American, I went in with the intention of majoring in biomedical engineering and going to medical school to become a doctor because, you know, that's what I was raised with the belief um, of the most impactful and purposeful path to be. So I went in not knowing a thing about engineering. I had no idea what engineering was. And I took the intro to engineering class, Engineering 100. And our project was to build an underwater robot to complete a certain number of obstacles. And I completely fell in love with the process of sticking PVC pipes together, testing the robot, um, figuring out ways to build it. Yeah, it was a really exciting project. And I still didn't have a great idea what engineering was. I didn't declare my major until second semester sophomore year, which is the latest they allow you to do it. Um, And I think second second semester sophomore year, I had like a transformative experience. So I think if you just go out and experiment different things, that's how you discover what major you want to do. It's almost by process of elimination. But I started getting really involved with product design. And I love product design because it's always always focused on the people. You're designing a product to include a group that was traditionally not included. There's no product existing for them. And my second semester sophomore year, I took this class. It was an entrepreneurship class and it was life-changing. Basically, the class was assigned with, you could make up your project, some sort of entrepreneur venture. And you know, this group even just did a social experiment. They hung donuts from a tree in the middle of the campus and observed how people reacted. (laughs) So, you know, entrepreneurship has a really wide umbrella. And what my partner David and I did uh, was we invented Thettle, which is the first product we designed. And Thettle is a combination of thermos and kettle. So it's basically a thermos bottle that you can carry around and it makes coffee, it heats water. And this was the first product we invented and we would later go on to pitch it to investors and so on. And I just, the experience was really empowering. Um, so wow. I think that's why how I fell in love with it. How did you find investors to pitch to? What Did you have resources through University of Michigan? Did you have to do this all on your own? Or I'm so curious about that process. Yeah, that's a great question. I think college students are very lucky, especially college students at a big college because your university is rooting for you. So it definitely took a lot of digging. Like entrepreneurship was not a well-built out community at my university yet. It started to get better and better as you know I moved up the years in university. Um, so there was definitely a lot of digging to do, but you know, going through different websites. It's like the Wikipedia game where you start off with on like the Hoover Dam Wikipedia page and then you have a race with your friends on who can get to the lipstick Wikipedia page first by clicking different links. That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> I've never played that. <laughs> yeah. 
It's a fun game. Um, my boyfriend actually introduced Wait, me to that game. <laughs> that is actually a very fun game. I think I'm going to pick up during quarantine. So yeah, <laughs> it's a great way to pass time. And that's what it felt like looking for resources and entrepreneurship. Uh, basically going to, I don't know, mechanical engineering's homepage, clicking links until you track down the next pitch competition for environmentally friendly products. And worst case, if you can't track something down that way, Google, you just Google uh, pitch competition for college students or pitch competitions for uh, small handheld products. You know, these pitch competitions are happening everywhere. They're just not well advertised. And there's always a theme to these competitions. So I guess if you just put in those mm-hmm. keywords in Google, you can always find them. Um, looking them up at the Meetup app is a great way to look and also just like through your university pages. That's crazy. I mean, I don't even know where I would start with that. So that's a great place to start is just literally Googling and going on your website. Did you have professors that you could reach out to to help you out? Or was it kind of just your own like research even through the university? It was mostly our own research. But I was lucky enough that through pursuing the minor in entrepreneurship, I got connected with um, the head advisor of entrepreneurship. And she was a wealth of knowledge of all the resources out there because, you know, she was the one behind organizing all these events. So I started working Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneurship peer advisor once I started to gain some experience under my belt. So I knew about all the events that was happening on the back end. And so I think just getting out there, getting to know the right people, and you get to know the right people just by going to events and experimenting. We went to so right. many dead events, events where no one was there. It was a complete waste of time. But, you know, out of those 100 events we went to, we hit one jackpot and met the right people and found the right resources. And so was this for your thermos or was this for your camera or for both? Yeah, this was for the thermos, the settle. The camera came the summer after graduation. And did you pitch that to investors also? No, for the camera, all we did was Kickstarter. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. So, mm-hmm. did you go? Did you get any investors for your thermos? Like, did any bite or? Yeah, we had we had a few bite. We mostly had in the, in the form of grants, um, but eventually, federal. You know, the reason we picked up the camera is the thermos eventually died out. We ran out of time for it. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of Ember, the mug. Yo, yep. Yeah, no. yeah, that came out around our second or third year into Ethetal, and they're just the uh, basically the competitor that drew, drove us out. <laughs> so, in oh, short. Gosh, yeah, but it's such yeah. a learning experience, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great thing about doing it in college because you can just owe, owe it all to experience, even if it goes wrong. You don't really lose anything, there's only things to gain. Yeah, I hope every person watching this, like if you are in college, this is a wake up call to you. I actually have a little sister who is minoring in entrepreneurship and I'm going to have her listen to this podcast so that (laughs) she can start like doing stuff now because especially when your college has an entrepreneurship like course or like classes or major, like for example, NC State, uh, which is where I went, is a huge, huge entrepreneurship school. It's like ranked one of the best ones in the country and I never took advantage of it ever. I never did anything with it. And it's like one of my biggest regrets. Like I wish that if I could go back to school, I probably would have done something with like the entrepreneurship college or like minored in it or started a club with it or something like that. I really wish I did that. Cause like, like you were saying, there's so many resources at big schools and so many connections that you can form um, that I really, I, I regret not taking advantage of it like you did. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah. I think it's also, 
part of the entrepreneur. I don't know why the entrepreneurship community. I feel like is so under advertised, so it's hard for people so to find under-advertised. it. So under advertised. Yeah, I don't understand、yeah. why because you know advertising is a big part of entrepreneurship, but I guess maybe、yeah. that's not where their focus is at. But yeah, I agree. It's, college、that's、is the、so、best、true. time to do it. You have such a safety net. There's nothing to lose, only knowledge to gain, and your university is there to support you.、Mm-hmm. And with the camera, why did you decide to take it to Kickstarter? Yeah, so our camera was a unique experience, which basically, so David is my friend who I work on all these products with. He's also a mechanical engineer. He minored in electrical engineering, and I minored in computer science. So we kind of covered a wide ground with that. And later on, we added my friend Christina, who is a designer. So this is my message to all engineers out there that you need an artist on your team because otherwise, everything David and I made before Christina came along was so ugly.、Um, no one wanted to go near it. Uh, so yeah, ours was we all graduated college, and we had three months before we'd go our separate ways to full time jobs or graduate school. And so our idea was basically we're gonna spend these three months working on a startup because we worked on products together before, but we always felt since we were doing classes at the same time that we didn't give it our all. You know, we were always half in, one foot in, one foot out the door. So we we're like, this is our opportunity to go full in. We worked from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. like a full time job on this camera, and at the end of the three months, we were like, okay, what are we gonna do with it? So we decided to launch a Kickstarter. And for those of you who don't know how Kickstarter works, basically you set a funding goal, and people pitch money, which they basically pre-order a camera. And if you meet your goal, people people's money goes through.、Uh, how do I say this right? <laughs> people do end up paying, and if you don't reach your goal, no one loses any money. You know, no one actually spends any money, and you don't get. It's like an、money. all or nothing. Yes, it's all or nothing. And so our idea was, we're gonna set a massive goal. If it hits the goal, we're gonna consider dropping out of grad school, quitting full time jobs, and taking it full on because this is something we've like done throughout college and always wanted to do. And if it didn't succeed, then we you know go our usual paths. And I think we were all a little bit leaning towards having it not succeed, so that、mm-hmm. you know we were all a little bit scared. And we set a massive goal. It didn't hit the goal. And when I look back, we did zero marketing. Like we made an yeah, Instagram page. Yeah, I was gonna、page. ask how. How did you market it? Yeah, all we did was made an Instagram page for it, but we didn't like talk about it a lot on our personal pages. I think we just kind of wanted it. We almost threw it out into the world and was like waiting for a sign, which is not how it works. <laughs> but、mm-hmm. it's a great experience overall. And I, even though the Kickstarter didn't succeed, we still receive emails to this day. We get a ton of connections.、Um, Asking when the camera is going to be released, people offering to manufacture it, and also、wow. we got you know a lot of interviews with tech publications like TechCrunch, and that gave us a lot of publicity. Weirdly enough, the camera blew up in Japan. Oh, I hope that it comes to life though. I would love to see it. Yeah, me too. I think it's、too. such a cool idea. Thank you. It's such、yeah. a cool idea. Um, and then, so now you work at Microsoft. So, how did you get your job at Microsoft? What was that process like? Because I'm sure so many people listening are currently in the process of applying and want to work for a big company like that.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. My process for getting a job at Microsoft was through recruiters that were at my university. So it's funny because I was just walking around the university and they had a event for industrial engineering, which I'm not in industrial engineering.、Um, 
And I was walking around and I saw a booth with free food. You know, there's always free food lying around on campus. So I went to go get some food. And being completely unaware, it was a recruiting event. You know, a recruiter approached me and started talking to me. And I was like, mouthful of food, like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, I'm here for the recruiting event. Um, And I was really lucky because he came from a mechanical engineering background. So I think if I spoke to anyone else, they would be like, oh, this is the wrong fair, you know. Uh, So I guess my advice is, Go to those career fairs, even if it's not intended for your major, um, just to get that face-to-face interaction. So I handed him my resume. I think what happens a lot of time with online applications is they go through this machine learning algorithm that sorts through resumes, and someone doesn't actually get to look at it. So I think getting in contact with a person is so key. And I know that's tough right now. A lot of career fairs are canceled because of the virus situation. But another way to go about it, which is something I did after I handed this guy my resume, was go on LinkedIn and search the company plus your college and optional to add the role that you're looking at and just cold message them. Just message them and be like, hey, I'm really interested in this company. Can you tell me more? And I've gotten messages like that and I'm working at Microsoft and I love responding to those messages. People are always out there to help. And um, yeah, I think LinkedIn is a underused social media for the younger generation. It's one of the best career search tools. But yeah, I would say talk to someone if you can. And, you know, so you get your resume gets you through the door. Your resume, if you get an interview, it means you have all the skills in your resume because a company is not going to spend the time and money to interview you if they don't think you already have all the skills. So go into that interview mm-hmm. confident, knowing you have all the skills. And how you succeed at an interview is taking the time to do personal branding. So I like to help my friends with this a lot. I love helping people design their personal brand because I think everyone should think of themselves as a company when they go into an interview. You should illustrate and conceptualize what the values and services that you bring are and also what your mission statement as a quote-unquote company is. Mm -hmm. So I guess if I were to give three tips for the resume or interview process, I would say for your resume, use really juicy action verbs. So like enhanced, optimized. If you just search power action verbs plus the field that you're in, you're going to get an entire list of verbs to use. And I would say also quantify things as much as possible on your resume. So if you improve a process at your internship, time the process beforehand and then time the process once you improve it. So you can say, oh, I saved X minutes through this new process I designed and this saved the company X dollars because it shows the company the direct impact because numbers is a universal language that everyone speaks and it also shows that you have that business mindset because companies are all profit driven even though they have like great values and money is not everything that's how they keep going by profits of course yeah Mm -hmm. and tip number two would be to like I said earlier illustrate out the values and services you bring and design a mission statement for yourself And how you design a mission statement is look at the companies that you admire. So look at the mission statements of those big companies that you really admire admire the values of and then add in your passions and your unique skills to create your unique mission statement. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you guys about our sponsor. You guys all know what Spotify is, but on Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. So you do not need to have a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one that you're listening to right now. 
on Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to offline wherever you are. And you can also easily share what you're listening to with your friends on Instagram. So if you're listening to this ad right now, you should take a pause and share your podcast or share my podcast, I should say, on your Instagram story and let other people know where to find it. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app, search for The Real Real Podcast on Spotify, or browse podcasts in your library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of The Real Real Podcast. Mm-hmm. And a way to research these companies is to look at their blogs and look on YouTube for any talks hosted by their CEO. That's when you get the insider information on what these companies value. For example, Microsoft, they really value entrepreneurship, they value diversity and inclusion, they value humanitarian actions, and you can see this through all the projects that they have posted on their blog. And I know I love Microsoft as a company, I truly have learned so much from them, even from a morals perspective, which is something I didn't expect, like I learned, expected to learn technical stuff, but they taught me a lot about how to be a good person, honestly. (laughs) And and my final tip is to prepare a story to each item in your resume. So storytelling is going to be really useful in your interview. And how you prepare a story for your resume, a simple outline to follow is the STAR method. So you start off with S, which is describing the situation, then T, the task at hand, then you describe A, the action you took, and R, the result. And that really creates a story that's easy for the interviewer to follow and for you to explain all the value that you need to explain in that item your resume wow this is okay so you help people with this right you do this Mm -hmm. on the side yeah i hope that you get a ton of clients from this podcast because you are so helpful and i wish i had someone like you when i was going through this process especially now during coronavirus when people are freaking out about how to apply to jobs how to Um, find a job during this time especially because you can't really network in person anymore but like like you said LinkedIn is a perfect underutilized tool I mean I even think that LinkedIn is so under like I need to start using LinkedIn more for my own stuff and I know that I can because I know it's possible but just like the fact that if any of you guys went to college you guys have an alumni network already use that you know so yeah no I think your tips are so awesome. I can imagine that you killed it in your interview. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no, I completely agree with what you're saying that you got to use utilize the alumni network. Like I think mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about alumni network where that's not where my focus is at early in college. And then you realize that that is something you have in common with so many people scattered all around the world um, that you can use as connections in a non-artificial way, but as a way to get conversation started. Yeah. Yeah. So do you recommend is your best tip for like college graduates right now is to use LinkedIn as much as possible instead of just like applying and that's it. So like once someone applies to a position, what should their next steps be? Yeah, I would completely agree. Once you apply, I would say use LinkedIn, reach out to someone from your university or, you know, if you're in a sorority or fraternity, look up people in the same sorority and fraternity, get connected. People are always willing to help and always willing to talk more. I know, like I said earlier, personally, I've been reached out to, and if I have a connection with the person reaching out to me, I will do anything in my power to help them to find opportunity because, you know, if you're a good fit for that company, it also benefits them. They want the best people at their company as well. Right. No, such amazing tips. What's your best piece of advice that you've ever received? So it doesn't necessarily have to be with jobs. It can just be with anything. 
Yeah, whenever I need motivation, I binge watch Gary V and Oprah. Um, oh, yes, <laughs> I love Gary V. It literally get me jumping out of bed. Um, and I'm really ashamed to admit I don't remember where this this advice is coming from. It's probably from Gary V or Oprah though. But basically, is when your growth is slow, focus on the value you bring. And this really came in handy during the first year of my corporate job because I think. What people don't realize, and this is not talked about often, is when you start your corporate job, your first full-time job out of college, you used to be in this sprint mindset, which is basically you get feedback immediately. You're always learning. Everyone's focused on you. Your university is focused on giving you information. You're focusing on your development. But when you go to a big company, you're learning about the processes that they've already developed that are in place, and you feel. I think especially for people that were traditionally overachievers. Suddenly, you go months and months without any of your traditional achievements, you know. So you have to stay focused on the value you bring, and not rely on those tiny doses of achievements along the way, because you can go months without them working at a big company. And also, another piece of advice is valuing your own creative expression and your own happiness over the opinions of others. I think that one has. I agree, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I think that one has really helped me be more vocal, be more myself. Because traditionally, I think I was someone who was rather shy and quiet about who I was.、Um, but after hearing that, I was like, you know what? That's right. I should just start speaking up and、uh, valuing my own expression more than you know opinions of others. I think a huge stopper for people is opinions of people that you went to high school with, which I'm not sure why.、Yes. <laughs> Some like right, so, it's I.、Yeah. There's, it's so insignificant. Like it's so insignificant, and yet it holds so many people back, including myself. Like, I get, I am 24 years old, and I'm still like, oh my god, what are people from high school gonna think if I post this? <laughs> I completely agree, and I have no idea why. I don't understand that. But I guess yeah, getting over that hump that that's something everyone experiences, and that's like honestly makes me really happy that you struggle with that too, because I'm not the only one. Yeah, <laughs> and I look up to you a lot. No. As well. I always think that because like sometimes I'll share stories and it'll be like something that I went through like when I was in high school, let's say, and I'm like, oh my god, if I post this, are people gonna know who I'm talking about? Or like, are they gonna think I'm weird because I, I I'm like talking to a camera for a job? Or am I gonna, you know, like I think about that all the time, and it's just so stupid. Like it's just who cares? Who cares? Yeah, trust me, I do too all the time. It's so funny. I don't understand it. That's hilarious. I love that advice though. That's great, great advice. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I want people to find you and all of your resources, and if they want to hire you for their personal branding help or with help with career advice, because you definitely seem to know what you're talking about, and you are so good at articulating it. So, where can they find you?、Um, they can find me on. So, I'm making YouTube videos because I want to, you know, share this knowledge out there more. Definitely very new to YouTube. I think I'm under 200 subscribers at the moment.、Um, so my YouTube channel is Swang Swangs.、So、my name is Sarah Wang, and my coaches used to call me Swang because there'd be too many Sarahs on the field. So that's where the name came from. <laughs> and I'm posting a lot more on Instagram, Swang Swimmer.、Um, it has a swimmer tag in it. And what else am I doing? Oh, I have my website, swangswang.com, is a good place to find me. And if you're interested in the Lulu camera and want to learn more about that, 
that is alulucamera.com. But yeah, I think the best place to reach out to me is on my Instagram DMs. That's definitely where I'm most active and I always love giving resume advice, interview advice, career advice, um, because I know that's something I lacked when I was in college. Yeah, so I'm going to have everything linked down below or in the show notes. I keep saying down below. I will have everything linked in the show notes. So if you guys want to message Sarah, if you guys want to check out her website, check out the camera, anything like that, check out the show notes. But this has been such an informative podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is one of the most exciting days of my life. I've been looking forward to it all week. Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great Easter day. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. What did you guys think? Are you guys on Sarah's website already looking to hire her? Because I know if I was a senior in college, I definitely would be. Um, But I really did love this episode. I hope that you guys did too. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram. We've been doing a ton of Instagram takeovers, which have been so much fun. So previous podcast guests, new podcast guests, they're all doing Instagram takeovers and just showing their day-to-day life on my story. So be sure to follow us on Instagram for that. Join the private Facebook page. Um, I really am making it more of a place where you guys can ask more advice and networking opportunities and stuff like that. Uh, And then besides that, thanks for watching. I hope you guys are having a good week. I hope that you guys are staying safe. Uh, And yeah, thanks for listening. Sorry, not thanks for watching. Okay, anyways, have a great Monday (laughs) or whenever you're listening to this. Bye. (laughs)